Well, Merrimack takes on University of New Hampshire Friday night. Hockey semifinal game two at 8 o'clock. And uh, media roundtable here. John Leahy with me, the voice of the Warriors, and Mike McMahon, the, the pen of the Warriors, as it were. <laughs> and uh, myself, Mike Macknick, we're going to preview the game tonight. And uh, first of all, let's talk about uh, guys tonight was the uh, Hockey East Awards Banquet at the Royal Sinesta. Uh, awards given out, uh, probably, I guess, the... Uh, Biggest awards from a Merrimack standpoint, Mike Collins named to the all-rookie team, and Stefan DeCoste, the second team, uh, all-hockey East. Uh, your thoughts on the awards tonight? Anything surprise you or, or anything like that? Oh, we'll start with you, Mike. Uh, well, obviously, first and foremost, I'm surprised that Mark Denny didn't win Coach of the Year. I think a lot of people in this room probably thought that was a foregone conclusion. I, I'm a little surprised to see not as many Warriors included in the in the all-conference teams as well. I thought Carl Stoller should have at least been on the all uh, on, on the second team, all-hockey East. Uh, I thought Jordan Haywood, I mean, you, you could certainly make an argument for the other two defensemen on the all-rookie team, but I thought Jordan Haywood probably could, should have been on the all-rookie team as well. But, uh, yeah, I, I think from a Merrimack standpoint, there certainly are some surprises here tonight. Yeah, John, I thought it was pretty interesting. Uh, you have uh, a lot of guys being honored from a number of other teams, and, I mean, there's a lot of good players in this league, obviously, a lot of good coaches as well. It's just kind of surprising, I guess. Last year, a number of guys get honored, and it seems like fewer guys this year, but they had a better year. Yeah, I, I agree, Mike, and I'm going to have to echo Mike McMahon's sentiments. I think I'm very surprised that Mark Dennehy didn't uh, uh, grab coach of the air. Jerry York uh, guided the Eagles to a great season, no doubt about it. But uh, you're right, Mike, but I think this year the focus, I think, is on, on what the team wants to accomplish. I don't think it's going to bother the team uh, pretty much that they weren't recognized as individually as they were, but uh, bigger fish to fry. <laughs> so I think we're all looking forward to it. Yeah, I guess uh, my thoughts, I've shared them with you guys before, is uh, with regard to Coach of the Year, which is probably going to be the biggest surprise in most people's minds, is that, uh, well, he did win the award last year. He shared it with Dickie Milley, but uh, they don't often give it to the same coach back-to-back. -back. It's only happened once in the history of the league. Jack Parker won it back-to-back -back a few years back, and also Jerry York, who won the award this year. <laughs> I mean, obviously, he's, he's the coach of the decade in the 2000s, as far as I'm concerned, and, and the guy who hasn't received this award in seven or eight years either, so probably not too much of a surprise there. But let, let's take a look at uh, the matchup tomorrow night. You're UNH against Merrimack uh, Friday night. Uh, keys to the game. We'll start with you, John. Yeah, Mike. I think uh, first of all, I think it's going to end in a one-goal game either way. I think special teams are going to be critical. Merrimack's penalty kill came to life in the last game against Maine. They're going to have to excel in that area. They're also going to have to get back to the gritty play, you know, the blue-collar play. I think, well, why deviate from what's worked all season long? Merrimack's going to have to get, bring that same approach against UNH. I think Joe Kanat is going to have to have a huge game tomorrow night. I think if all those things happen, Merrimack's got an excellent chance to advance. All right, Mike McMahon. Yeah, stylistically, I think they're two really different teams. And, John, you talked a little bit about it. You're going back to that blue-collar play. Yeah, that's something that I don't think UNH is it's certainly not one of their strengths I think they're more of a middle of the ice finesse sort of team happened most of the year and it just you know they've got some really skilled players and that's where they want to play in the middle of the ice and some open space so I think if it's going to be about which team dictates their style on the other uh, if, if UNH turns it into an up and down the sheet race and uh, you know, guys running back and forth and, and not a lot of play along the walls, it's probably going to favor them. If Merrimack can keep it to their cycle on the walls and force UNH to come down low and get them, I think it's going to favor Merrimack. Yeah, John, you mentioned that in the preview show the other day, special teams and, and staying out of the box being keys for Merrimack, no question about it. you got the least penalized team going up against the most penalized team. If, uh, if Merrimack ends up having a parade to the box all night long, you know that with that first power play unit, it's either going to be incumbent on the, the Warriors and Joe Canada to kill those penalties, or they're going to be in for a long night. 
Yeah, no doubt about it, Mike. Uh, again, you make a good point. Merrimack is the most penalized team in the nation. UNH, very disciplined. Merrimack's going to have to win that discipline battle. I know we, we've seen Kyle Bigos take a few five-minute majors uh, this season. Merrimack's going to have to be very, very tight with that. And, and again, that all comes down to special teams. I think the team that, that handles the special teams uh, will be successful tomorrow night. You know, both of you guys talked about it. I think about that. You know, we keep coming back to the fact that, that Merrimack's a blue-collar team, and even though they have the ability now to skate with teams that maybe they didn't have in a, a few years ago, when you still get right down to it, this is a club that's got to work, grind in the corners, take care of business in front of their own net, go hard to the net on the other end, get to pucks right in front of the other team's goaltender. That's the way that they're going to win games from here on out. That's the way they've won games all year. I think that's the reason why they've had such a great record in their rink the last two years. You know, that's that's the type of game that that is created playing on a, on a smaller ice surface like that. So absolutely, I think if uh, you know, it, it just goes back to whichever team, however the game takes shape, it's going to take shape one of two ways. It's going to take shape uh, towards one of these two teams' styles, and, and whoever you know can dictate their style I think is going to be the team that has you know, a really big advantage and, and you know you talk about special teams too obviously most of these games it seems like these big you know semifinal final championship games five on five play is usually pretty even you know it, it's that one team that gets a power play goal in the third period and a 1-1 game that ends up you know being the game winner and that could be the difference. Well, John, uh, the Warriors returning to the hockey semifinals here at the Garden. The first time the program's been here in 13 years, so obviously most of the guys on this team haven't even played in this rink. Uh, a few guys who did play in high school, obviously Joe Kanata, uh, John Heffernan, and so on. But uh, do you see this, this being an issue, I guess, you know, guys uh, stepping up onto the big stage and perhaps the lights being a little too bright? No, I don't. I think it's, it's going to be a case of shift by shift. Mark Dennehy's going to keep this team focused. you got to remember, Merrimack played in Nashville earlier this year. So they've gotten a taste of what it's like to be in an NHL arena. They went through their uh, practice at the Garden today. I'm sure if there was any awe factor, that was taken care of today. When the team uh, takes the ice uh, Friday night, it's going to be all business. Why shouldn't it be? Uh, there's a big prize at stake, and I think Merrimack's going to be ready to play. Well, Michael, all these guys obviously playing, and this is the biggest game of their lives, but uh, we've talked about it before. A lot of guys on this team come from winning programs. They've won championships in the past. Mark Denny had the quote this week about the size of Kyle Bigos's <laughs> uh, championship ring from up in Vernon. Uh, is that going to help them this weekend? Absolutely. Yeah, without question. I've had some conversations with uh, you know, alumni and things like that this week where, they, where people have said, well, you know, they've never been there. That could hurt them. UNH, UNH has been there before, you know, and, and Merrimack hasn't. UNH, the only three players on the UNH team that have played in this building is their top line. You know, Cicelo Thompson and uh, DeSimone are the only three players that have played in that building. And, you know, you just it absolutely helps. you got Kyle Bigos and, and Mike Collins who both won in a, an RBC Cup and uh, Chris Barton, Jesse Tonner, Carl Stoller, and they all at least competed in, the, in the, that same tournament, would have won the Alberta League to do so. And, and you know, Joe Canato and John Heffernan won a state championship, a Super 8 title in that building that they're going to be playing in tomorrow uh, when they were both at BC High. There's a lot of guys on that team up and down the roster that have won titles. You know, so when you get into a big game, a big game, you know, just atmosphere like this, yeah, you can have some butterflies if it's your first time, you know, doing it. But it's not their first rodeo for a lot of those guys on that on that roster. Well, uh, let's talk about intangibles, I guess, you know, that may come into play tomorrow night, or if you want to call it intangible. I mean, I have this feeling, I mean, for what we've seen down the stretch and here in the playoffs, that the, the Madsen line is going to continue to be a factor here, both this weekend and next weekend in the NCAA tournament. They're playing so well, the 16 points and seven goals that they had last weekend, uh, John. I mean, th this line was the dominant line on the ice against Maine last week. Yeah, they were. I mean, uh, Madsen, Sheen, and Flanagan, I think, I think you said it right, Mike. I don't think there's any other way to put it. 
Uh, they dominated. I think if they continue to do what they're doing, uh, Merrimack's going to have a tremendous amount of success. This line uh, found the perfect time to peak. You know, and if that continues, uh, like I said, it all comes down to depth this time of year, Mike. And I think uh, Merrimack has that depth, and, and that line will have to carry if Merrimack's going to be uh, successful. All right, Mike, before we get into predictions, uh, your thoughts and any other intangibles, I guess, for the game tomorrow night against UNH? You know, I think a lot of it goes back to that third line. And you can say that they're your third line. I mean, they were playing like a first line last week. And I don't, that's why I don't think really, uh, with this roster anyway, you really can't put numbers on it because everybody at some point in the year has been the guy that's carried the load offensively. Last week it was those three guys. And you just look from a chemistry standpoint, I mean, they've all played together all year long. And I know Elliot Sheen and Matson, Carter Matson, played together in juniors when they were with Okotoks. So, I mean, those guys have played together probably, have literally probably played over 100 games, yeah. you know, side by side. So, I absolutely think that, uh, you know, a familiarity like that with your line mates, which, you know, really other than UNH's top line, the Cicero, Thompson, DeSimone line, continuity, you know, I haven't followed them enough to know whether or not they've had other lines that have played together most of the season. But if, even from a Merrimack perspective, I mean, lines, lines tend to shuffle time to time, but, you know, those guys have just they've been together all year. Alright, Mike, we'll start with you. Prediction for tomorrow night's game. Prediction for tomorrow night's game. Uh, well, you know, part, part of me says it's going to be high scoring only because I think both these teams can score. Uh, and they can both score in bunches, but uh, I've <laughs> my, my head's proven wrong too many times, so I'm, I'm going to go with Merrimack 2-1. All right, two to one, low-scoring low match. Scoring, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, John, your thoughts. <laughs> your thoughts, John. Well, Mike, you know how much I love making predictions. <laughs> uh, I think this is going to be a one-goal game. I think it's going to be a little bit more open scoring than what Mike suggests. I think Merrimack's going to win this game five to four. I just think there's too much offensive talent on this team uh, for it to be a low-scoring game. I'm going with five four Merrimack. All right, well, I'm going to come down in the middle there. I guess I'm going to make it a, a clean sweep here for uh, the UNH fans listening. Not going to be too happy about this one, but uh, I just have a feeling that this team's on some somewhat of a mission, and uh, it's not to take anything away from UNH. I know that, for instance, obviously we know how well the Thompson line's been playing, and, and the Moses line has, has really, re really picked it up lately, and, and I think Matt Deidre almost had an outstanding season, but I just have a feeling that Merrimack comes up with a couple of big goals when they need them, and they win 4-3, to three, so, uh, so I guess that'll be it. Well, Mike McMahon, John Leahy, I'm Mike Macknick. Thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow.